Welcome to On The Rise, a podcast about female college tennis players on the way up. On The Rise serves compelling stories and unique voices in women's college tennis. This is your host, Perry Shinen. In this episode of On The Rise, I will be speaking with University of Virginia product Emma Navarro, who captured the 2021 NCAA National Singles title as a freshman. Led by head coach Sarah O'Leary and assistant coach Gina Suarez-Malaguti, Emma balanced a college and professional schedule before becoming a full-time pro this summer. In July, Emma captured her first 60K event and achieved a career-high ranking of number 153. Hi, this is your host, Perry, and this is another episode of On The Rise Podcast. I'm joined today by Emma Navarro from the University of Virginia Women's Tennis. Emma, how are you? Great. Thank you so much for being here. I want to talk about winning the NCAA tournament as a freshman. I mean, how? Yeah, um, coming into school, I really didn't know anything about college tennis. I had never followed it or anything. I always knew I wanted to go to college and play, but I just really had no idea what to expect coming into my freshman year, which I honestly, like, coming into something with no expectations is kind of fun because you're just learning as you go. And uh, I ended up having a good season. It's kind of always my goal to just get better every single day. And so when you're focusing on that, your results don't matter as much. I like to be very process-oriented, as cliche as that is. Yeah, and then I got to NCAAs and still there, like I wasn't really expecting anything. I just, I wanted to play well. I wanted to enjoy myself. And then it didn't really sink in until probably like a few days after I won it. I was like, oh, like that was pretty cool. So yeah, I had a lot of fun and uh, my results were pretty good too. Was there a certain match where you really battled through? Honestly, I think my second round match was the toughest, I would say more mentally than physically. By the time the tournament comes around, like it's been a long season. I played a few tournaments outside of college during the season. I was just like tired And then my second round match, I don't even remember what school the girl was from. But uh, I was down a set, and then it was five all in the second set. And I was just, like, not playing well. I didn't really feel my best upstairs in my head. I ended up getting through that set and then found myself in the third set. But, yeah, that took a lot mentally. But I think it gave me a good amount of confidence going into my next matches. Like, whatever's thrown at me, I know that I can handle it mentally and the physical hopefully will follow and if it doesn't it's not meant to be on that day. Tennis is a full-time sport regardless of whether you're in college or playing professionally and so mentally how do you take care of yourself? I have a really good group of people around me that always keeps me grounded. The UVA coaches are great. They care a lot about you as a person and not just as a tennis player which I think not all schools have that, so I've been really lucky. And then also my coach from home, like, he's great. And he gives me a lot of the uh, control over my tennis journey before every tournament. He's like, do you want to play or do you not want to play? And, you know, if I'm not feeling good, then I don't play. And if I am, I do play. So I think having that control over, you know, my tournament schedule and practice schedule It's grounding for me because I can always be like, I don't want to play this tournament because I'm exhausted or whatever. You know, I've kind of learned this over the years to take a break when you feel like you need it. Like it is important to push through the hard times, but also there's got to be room for a break every now and then. Like you have to reset your mind and your body at times. So that's something I've had to learn for sure. 
has it been hard for you to really step back and, you know, say, maybe I do need a break? And how do you know? Growing up, I never really took breaks, maybe like a week or two in the summertime when I would take a trip or something. But that was kind of it. As I've gotten older, I've learned how to listen to my body and listen to my head more. You just kind of know when you need a few days off. It's been something that I've definitely had to work on. But I do a lot of yoga and I do fitness all the time. And with that, I feel like you learn how to listen to your body. I love yoga. How did you find it? So my parents, my parents have been doing yoga for like 15 years, probably. When I was young, they would ask me to join and sometimes I would and I just like hated it. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate it. So I've been doing it twice a week, probably since I was like 13, 14. And uh, it's been really great. I haven't had too many injuries, knock on wood. I haven't really had any injuries that have kept me off the court for more than like a week. I think a lot of that is uh, from yoga. So I'm going to keep doing it. And so you get on a plane, you fly across the world to play in a professional tournament during the semester. Do you wear UVA gear? Of course, always. <laughs> Gotta rep the who's. Love that. What's something about the tour that people don't know? Ooh, that's a good question. It's really tough. Like mentally, it's really challenging. And I haven't even experienced, I don't want to say the worst of it, but like the extremes um, I've only experienced it to an extent, but it's tough being away from your family and being in a hotel room for weeks or months at a time and little stuff like eating out every meal. People don't really think about that, I don't think. But yeah, that's definitely been part of my decision-making process of coming to college and then staying at college for a second year and potentially longer. It's going to be challenging if I do make that step. Like, I love to be with my family and my friends. So it's definitely a big commitment to, I guess, leave that for months at a time. But yeah, it's for sure a big commitment. And what are you studying? I'm not sure yet. At the moment, um, I'm on a business path. I may shift over to econ, but yeah, we'll see. Still figuring it out. And so why UVA? Um, that's a good question. So I was actually, I was verbally committed to Duke summer after my freshman year, I think it was. And at the time I was like, there's no other place I'd rather be. Like, it's a great school, like great tennis program. This is where I want to go. And I reconsidered my options. I think it was after my junior year. And I talked to the UVA coaches. I visited campus. I met the girls on the team. And it just really seemed like a place where I wanted to be. So yeah, it wasn't really anything against Duke that I made that decision, but it was more, I was just really excited about coming to UVA. And you just had that feeling in your gut. Yeah. You sort of have the best of both worlds. You're getting your degree from a top university and you're playing professional and amateur tennis at the same time. How do you balance all of that? My friends used to tease me. They were like, you're literally living like a double life, like Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus style. I've been at this since I was really young, so I've gotten a lot of practice. I started playing tournaments and like leaving school early and practicing all the time when I was in like fourth grade or something. And at that age, you don't really see things as a choice. They're just something that you do. I feel like that kind of prepared me to be able to handle living sort of two lives. It's a balancing act for sure, but when you're doing something that you love and that you want to be doing, it's not that difficult. 
Have there ever been, you know, kind of moments where you have doubted? Yeah, definitely. I feel like every tennis player kind of goes through that phase where you're struggling and you're not enjoying it. I've been at this sport since I was like three years old. So there's definitely been times where I'm like, Ugh, I should just hang out my rackets. Like I don't want to play anymore. But I think what got me through um, those moments was just my enjoyment of the game. It always came back to that. And uh, whenever I don't feel that, I like to take a step back and assess, like, why am I not enjoying myself on the court? Because I feel like if you're not enjoying yourself, the journey is, it's not sustainable and it's also not worth it. And my family has always been really great, like, so supportive. But at the same time, when I get home from practice or a tournament or whatever, like, we don't sit around and talk about tennis. So... Coming home, feeling like just a normal kid, not a tennis player, that's definitely been grounding for me. And I always wanted to be Emma as a person and then Emma as a tennis player. So my results or how I'm doing on the court doesn't define me. I think that's something that some tennis players miss, especially in juniors. And, you know, it's tough when you define your worth by your results. That can take you down a path where you'll lose the love of the game pretty easily. So I've been lucky to not feel like that. Knowing that you do have that next step ahead of you, at least right now, to be a full-time professional, does that take the pressure off or does it add? That's a good question and something I definitely have to uh, keep my eyes on. I don't want to be constantly trying to prove to myself that I can take it to the next step because, you know, that puts you on a roller coaster that you don't really want to be on. So, you know, as long as I'm improving every day and I'm enjoying what I'm doing like the results will come or they won't come. Did you have a role model who played college tennis and then played professionally to base your journey off of because I haven't really heard of someone doing exactly what you're doing with your full course load you're playing pro. Yeah no I don't know anyone who's done that either but my coach he played in college he played at Duke and he really understands the whole package. Like he understands that I need a balance in my life. I can't be just focused on tennis. He understands that I'm going to school and I'm playing college tennis and I have a lot going on. So he's been really great and definitely a mentor for me, even though he didn't have the same journey I did. And so day-to-day -day life with your teammates, socially, how do you navigate, you know, kind of that Hannah Montana vibe that you were talking about? I've been really lucky because I've been able to surround myself with people who don't really care about tennis and they don't know anything about it. You know, they don't care if I won my last tournament or I lost first round, which is really nice to be able to have that group of people around you. I went to regular school my whole life, basically. I did two years of online school but ended up going back to regular high school for four years. And I always had that group of friends around me that didn't really care about tennis. And I've worked hard to maintain that in college. And then, yeah, my teammates, of course, um, are great. We have a lot of fun together on the road, especially. Having that balance and insight is so important. I mean, especially at your level, having that grounded mentality. I mean, it doesn't sound like many people, you know, have that same outlook coming into college. And so, what do you want to improve on? Everything. Um, I think that, you know, you can always get better in everything, physically and mentally. I'm always working to improve my mental game. I think it's such a big part of the sport that's overlooked sometimes. 
you know, when I watch matches on TV, the commentators, they annoy me sometimes because they're critiquing players' physical mistakes when it's so apparent sometimes that it's in your head. They miss that shot because it was a break point to go at 5-4, not because, you know, their backhand needs work. So yeah, the mental part is such an important aspect of the game. And then, yeah, physically, everything can always be better. You were talking about watching tennis on TV. Would you ever watch your own matches back? I do sometimes my college matches, more for entertainment purposes than really like critiquing myself. Sometimes, yeah, I just like to see what I look like playing. <laughs> but sometimes it's painful. I have to pick and choose what matches I watch. But I like watching doubles, actually. My doubles partner and I will watch our matches back. Does it ever make you feel self-conscious? Not really. I would say I don't really get self-conscious. Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That's so cool. And in terms of the NIL space, sponsorships... Finally, athletes can profit off name image likeness. Have you done that? I haven't really. I don't know why. I guess I've been busy and I haven't really like put that much time or effort into it. I actually have a call later today with a potential opportunity. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. But I do, I want to make more of an effort to uh, take advantage of that. And would you do that over social media? Yeah, I feel like that's probably the best platform to do it on. What do you think about social media, you know, as a female athlete? As I've started playing more professional stuff, I've seen like the messages and stuff that you get after losing matches. I think it was at the U.S. Open when people started posting screenshots of that. I think it was Sloane Stevens. She posted some screenshots and they, I mean, just terrible. Like you can barely read it. So in that sense, it's a little bit scary that, you know, anyone can bet on your match and anyone can message you. But at the same time, like, I think it's a great platform to uh, share your journey with the world, you know, like what you're up to. And you can connect with anybody you want to. So, yeah, that part of it's cool. But I think athletes have to be a little bit careful on social media. What do you like to do when you're not on the court? Well, I have two dogs at home that I love to hang out with. Yeah, we have a golden doodle and we just got a Bernadoodle who's just turned one. So she's a menace, but she's really funny. I like to hang out with my friends. I love to go outdoors. Almost every year, my family and I, we take a trip out west and go skiing, which I love to do. I love to ski. And then when I'm home, I love to go out on the water, go on the boat, kayak, wakeboard, ride my bike. So, yeah, I love to be outside, love to uh, be around good people. So you're just overall athletic. Like, you do these low-key extreme sports that, I mean, I personally am terrified of, while also being a college and professional elite athlete. Are you ever scared you're just going to wipe out and, like, hurt yourself? Well, so I used to be kind of reckless when I was younger, especially on my skis. But now I've, I'm kind of like aware, like take it easy. I can't get injured. What was this? Like a year and a half ago, I was wakeboarding and I fell and I slapped the water so hard and I tore a disc in my back and I got a mild concussion. I didn't serve for like a month. That was bad. That was stupid on my part. So since then, I've been a little bit more careful. But yeah, I've still been wakeboarding, just taking it a little easier. No jumps. What draws you to these extreme sports? I don't know. I just kind of have fun, like, being free, just letting my worries go and just, like, sending it down the mountain or across the water. Do you bring that to the tennis court? 
I've actually been working on being less conservative on the tennis court. I would say for so long I've played a really conservative game. And now I'm working a lot on just letting myself go, just like being free, ripping shots, being super aggressive. Because I've learned on the pro tour, like you can't really get by just putting balls in the court. You'll get chased off the court. And when you're playing college matches, sometimes in the back of your mind, do you have that like, oh, I shouldn't hit that shot because it wouldn't work on the pro tour kind of situation? Yeah, it's definitely been a little bit challenging going back and forth between playing on the pro tour and coming back and playing college because it's a different speed. And there's also a different sort of pressure, I guess, or expectation. You know, in college, like, I'm not really supposed to lose. And when you have that on your mind, like, it's tough to play how you want to play. So I've been working really hard on not letting that affect me and how I play. And then for sure, like when I play in college, I feel like sometimes, you know, if I can hit five deep shots in a row, they're going to miss. But on the pro tour, like that doesn't work. So I've been trying to play how I want to play to the best of my ability, no matter who I'm playing. I've prioritized improving myself over winning matches. And that's definitely been a mindset shift that I've had to make. Because, you know, on the pro tour, like, there's no choice. Like, I have to play this way. And in college, there is a choice. I don't have to play riskier tennis. I don't have to take shots on really aggressively. And for a while, like, I didn't. I chose not to because I'm like, just get through today and, you know, it doesn't matter. But this season, for sure, it's been a big focus of mine to try to play my best no matter who I'm playing. So you recently played one of the top American players, Amanda Anasimova. How was that match? And, you know, what did you take from that? I think that match was a great example of the uh, sort of speed difference of the pro tour versus college. The players on the women's tour, they just hit so big. They don't have regard for whether it's going in or out. And, you know, the best players in the world, a lot of their shots go in. So I was kind of knocked back a little bit by her speed and the pace of play. But I feel like I have to have those experiences to learn and grow. And I had fun, too. Playing on center court is, yeah, a night match. It was fun. It was so cool to watch, by the way. It was awesome. Are you inspired by Danielle Collins? I mean, a Virginia tennis alum who became the first women's college player to reach the Australian Open finals. Oh, for sure. She's so funny. Like, she's such a character on and off the court. But I've gotten to know her a little bit, and she's so nice, so supportive. And yeah, to know she went to college and then to see her success on the women's tour, I think she's top 10 now, is definitely inspiring for me. I've loved watching you play with all the variety that you use in your game. Is that something that you've worked on with your coach, bringing that variety onto the tour? Yeah, for sure. I think so many women's players, you know, they hit the crap out of the ball, and it's flat and it's big. And it's either going to be a winner or they're going to miss. And that's never really how I played or wanted to play. So for sure, I'm trying to bring that element to the women's game, bringing in slices, drop shots, height, you know, all that stuff that I would say men use more readily than women. Where do you see the future of women's sports and where do you see the future of women's sports coverage? I hope that women's sports can keep developing, keep getting better. I know that the level in tennis it's crazy to watch women's tennis 30 years ago and then watch it now. Like, it's a different sport. So, yeah, hopefully it can keep developing and the women's coverage, too, because, you know, I think women's sports are great. My name is Emma Navarro, and I'm on the rise.
And this is your host, Perry, and this has been another episode of On The Rise Podcast. This has been an episode of On The Rise, a Tennis Channel podcast in partnership with Behind the Racket and produced by Molly Schulson. Join us next time to continue our conversation about women's college tennis. This is Perry Shinen, On The Rise.